Welcome to the Heart of Healing, the pandemic episodes. I'm your host, Tom Fold. In these episodes, we'll meet loving, talented people who, while coping with their own pandemic stress, are offering others understanding, compassion, love, and ways to relax, even under the current weight of current conditions. Listen with an open heart to those who, in this time of crisis, are offering their hearts and talents to us all. And today I'm very happy to have as our guest, Lisa Ferry, also known as a bashful Buddha, who is a Reiki master and an intuitive arts and healing arts advocate. Welcome, Lisa. Good morning, Tom. Thanks so much for having me. I'm very glad to have you. And I, and I really am fascinated by your, AKA, also known as the bashful Buddha. Who is the bashful Buddha and how did you get that name? <laughs> well, it started many, many years ago. Um, when I was in my 20s, I was struggling with some health issues. I had had health issues all my life um, as a child and into my young adulthood. And um, it all came to a head in, when I was around 25. And um, my neighbor suggested that I see someone who she referred to as a medical intuitive. And I had never heard that term before. And How did, um, how did she describe that? If you, if you, I never heard of it a long time ago. I'd never heard of it. I don't know if I remember the way she described it. I think she said, the doctors don't seem to be helping. Maybe this a medical intuitive whom I know would give you some insight. Okay. And that's really basically all she said. She said, you're just going to go and have a conversation with her. So I called and I scheduled a conversation and um, I met this incredible woman. She was like the sorceress in the woods. You know, she was... Um, covered in crystals and she invited me into her office and there were um one wall was covered in stones and crystals the other wall was covered in these beautiful jewel tone bottles um which i later found out contained essential oils and um we just had this incredible conversation and she actually channeled um a medicine man um, a native american medicine man named spotted eagle and told me all the things, you know, told me my whole life story, told me everything that had ever been wrong with me and was spot on and um, told me what to eat, what not to eat, um, gave me suggestions for herbs and essential oils. Um, and it all started from there. I started learning about the essential oils with Judith, Judith Star Medicine. And um, she introduced me to Jeffrey Yuen, who was a Chinese herbalist and acupuncturist and teacher. So I learned about stones and um, essential oils and, and all these different modalities that I had never heard of singing bowls and all this cool stuff. Oh, and um, yeah, it was wonderful. I ask you a question. If you can remember, sure. that'd be hard. At, you, when you had this, this session and you had a, an Indian medicine man talking to you and, and identifying all your health issues that, what did you feel at that moment? Did you, I mean, it was, it was incredible. I had never experienced anything like that. And um it, it was interesting because I went in with absolutely no expectations because I, I had no idea what to expect. So it, um, it was very eye-opening. It was fascinating. And um, I was thrilled about it. And it, it started um, me on my journey of intuitive writings, which I call spells. And, um, and that's really how the Bashful Buddha name came about because uh, Judith's daughter, Judy, um, had called me the reluctant shaman because I was 
reluctant to share them with others. I felt like they were good enough for me, but they weren't good enough for everybody else. You say good enough. They, they were not. You're talking about your your the spells. spells. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, um, and so when I finally decided, you know, in my 50s and at, at 50 years old to become a Reiki practitioner, um, I said, I know what my name is going to be. It's going to be the reluctant shaman. And, uh, and there was a, a woman who, a writer in the 60s, wrote a book called The Reluctant Shaman. So, it, you know, the, the name is taken everywhere. And um, as I was lamenting about this with a friend of mine on the phone, my husband was sitting on his phone googling synonyms for reluctant and shaman and he said how what do you think of bashful and buddha what do you think about that and it was perfect it was more perfect than the reluctant shaman so it was great you give your husband a new title yes <laughs> but that is a lovely name and it's alliterative and it, and it seems to talk to it talks to me certainly when i listen to it yes. so that's fascinating so now you started at a let us say not such a young age to to begin healing work and this other, you, we, many of us know what Reiki masters are, or at least know of it, and I've had experiences with it, and many, I'm sure many of our listeners have. But what, what do you mean when you say intuitive arts healing and healing arts advocate? What is that? So to me, the intuitive arts, of course, include, you know, I do card readings with people when we do our um, Reiki sessions. I think Reiki is incredibly intuitive, so I would, I would include that as well. Um, and the other healing arts of the essential oils and the stones, which can you can consider either the intuitive or the healing arts or both. Um, just all those alternate modalities that I've learned about um, through my whole life, which I like to incorporate into the Reiki. I think it works very well with the energy work because it's all about intention and um, intuition and mindfulness so I think they all sort of go together as, as one group. That's fascinating. Let, let's go back. Let's back a little bit. Let's start sure. with Reiki. Define your understanding of Reiki and what is happening when you're having a Reiki session with somebody. So my favorite analogy with um, regard to channeling Reiki is you can think of the Reiki practitioner as a radio. And um, Madame Takata, who was the third master of Reiki, made this analogy. So there are radio waves around us that we don't see and we don't experience them until we turn on the radio and we choose a channel. And basically that's what the, the Reiki practitioner is doing. The Reiki practitioner is tuning into all of the um, bioelectromagnetic energy that's around us, around the planet that we have as part of our beings every day. Um, but we don't necessarily tap into until we make the intention to do so. So no, the Reiki I, practitioner... I can, I can understand turning on a radio with a dial. Mm -hmm. Now, turning on the channels, how, can you describe a little bit more how you do, how you go about that? You said intention, which I think is a lot to do with it. Sure. Yes. It's intention and also um, the symbols. So people are usually familiar with, there are certain symbols that Reiki practitioners use. Um, and when we call upon the energy, we're using those symbols as sort of a dial. Um, so we dial into, there's a, um, a certain symbol that we call on to turn on the energy. There's a symbol that we use for specifically um, mental and emotional healing. There's another symbol for distant Reiki healing that we tap into. So 
with the symbol, we connect to that intention of the type of energy that we're calling it. Does that make sense? Yes, it does make sense. And when you say you're calling it in, but you're also offering it out to the person you're working with. Correct. So we're just a channel. So I'm, I'm harnessing the energy and sending it to the recipient. Right. It's not my energy. So people often ask me, are you depleted? Do you feel exhausted after? And no, I feel perfectly wonderful and energized because I get as much from the healing as, as my participant does, which is a beautiful thing. That's a wonderful thing. Yes. It's like both of you sharing a, a, a vegetable juice or something. Really yes, healthy. exactly. <laughs> so now when we you do that sharing, that healing or that energy sending, then do you just stop there or do you get some information or some idea that this person could also use maybe um one of your uh i'll say prayers or, or what do you want to call it i forget you you call it oh, one of the spells sure um our a session always starts with a conversation so i always ask you know what's going on how are you feeling um and even if it's a distance session we have a conversation first we talk on the phone we have a conversation first and some people will choose to, for me to hang up, do the session and call them back. Others want to stay on the line because they like to feel that connection. Right. Um, so it always starts with a conversation. It ends with a conversation. So I always get feedback afterwards from my participants. And I will often um, offer a spell or offer, we always do a card reading after, um, so it's another one of the intuitive arts that I include in there. Um, and I will make suggestions, dietary, um, you know, for the different chakras. Um, so when you do I'll, that, let me just continue with the questioning of how sure. you get this information or, or what you get. You mm -hmm. say you make a suggestion on maybe some kind of uh, food or other things to take. Where right. do you, how do you feel that? How do you come to, is it just knowing like, oh, I am... Honestly, often it just pops into my head. Um, some of it, of course, is knowing, um, feeling which chakra is feeling out of balance. And um, talking about the intuitive arts, I will sometimes use a pendulum if I, if I want information about a certain chakra. Right. Um, so I will use a pendulum to get a, um, a yes or no in balance or out of balance. Um, and so often, depending on the chakra that I know we're working with, um, it makes it easy to sort of intuit what in addition might be needed in support of that particular chakra or, or um, particular mental state or so, something else that's going on. And what is your basis of information about the things? I mean, like the um, different tools, have you studied them? I take it you have studied them, you have worked with them, you have been yes. taught them. Yes, yes. I've been studying since I was 25 years old. I've been studying with, um, I've studied acupressure, I've studied um, essential oils, um, stones in Chinese medicine with Jeffrey Ewan. Um, so yes, I've, I've studied and, and worked with them. And I've, I've been working with all of these modalities and, and offering them to friends and family for years. Um, and it's only now that I'm stepping into my practitioner mode that I'm actually sharing them with with other folks now that I feel good enough you know what I mean I've, I've shrunk well, the, off the bashful Buddha is getting a little less bashful yes exactly exactly well, I can understand that it does take I think it takes a, a bit of, of internal belief that this is really 
positive stuff, even though you tried it with friends, you know, to believe and take it out to the rest. You've, you've tested it now long enough. Absolutely. Yes. And I, and I know that it works for me and I know that it's changed my life. And so it's, it's finally become to the point where it's almost seems selfish not to share it further. Right. And what about, I, I'm hearing something that I haven't really been too familiar with, that you say stones What is, in Chinese medicine. Tell me a little more about that. Sure. So um, using stones and crystals, I'm, I'm sure you've heard like some people feel that they, they give off energy of their own. Like crystals, I've heard that. I sort of haven't identified it as stones. We're yeah, about- well, you can use, use the word stones or crystals. In Chinese medicine, they use the word stones, but they 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 mean the same thing. Okay, that's now that's clearer to me. And different energy for different different stones or crystals. Yes. Yes. Do you have a large collection of crystals? I do have a reasonably large collection of crystals. I've been collecting them for a long time. In fact, um, the stone that I use as my um, my amplifier, my healing stone is, um, it's a, a, it's a quartz, um, point with chlorite inclusion and chlorite is, um, a very healing stone. And then the quartz is an amplifier. Quartz amplifies whatever other stone, um, and whatever work you're doing, whatever energy work you're doing. And I bought that stone about 20 years ago. And it was interesting because the person with me said, oh, that's a healing stone. She said, that's the stone of a healer. Um, and I sort of I thought about it and I said, oh, maybe I shouldn't be buying this stone because I'm not a healer. You know, what, what do I, maybe I should be leaving this for someone else. And I mentioned that to my teacher who was there with me, Jewish Star Medicine. And she said, Lisa, are you going to be sad if you walk away from that stone? If you walk away and someone buys it and you come back by the end of the day and it's gone. Are you going to be upset about that? And I said, yeah, I said, I I really feel connected to this. She said, buy it. And um, I've had it on my shelf and it's been, you know, it's been on my altar for for many, many years. And um, I remember my Reiki master saying, you know, it'd be nice if you had, you should get yourself a stone. That's a healing stone that you can use for amplifying your distant Reiki healing. And I said, I've already got it. I know exactly which one I'm going to use. And so it's been with me this whole time. So I think I've always been meant to be on this path. <laughs> you, you know, you're exemplifying something I think is very real for many, many people. You're exemplifying a difficulty in really understanding that your intu- intuitive sense is accurate. I mean, here you are 25 years or whatever ago, tricking a stone that now is crucial to your, your work. But you took a long while to come to understand that. Yes. Yes. That imposter syndrome has been with me for a while. So <laughs> it's something I work on with every day. Yes. And I'm, do you find in, uh, that people who have similar issues to you come to you? I do. I do. Yes. Um, and it's funny. Most of the folks who come to me are around my age. Um, some of them are a little older. Some of them are a little younger. But yes, um, a lot of people do come to me for um, that emotional support, and that's uh, the support in um, dealing with stressful situations. And so, yeah, it's, it's interesting that you say that now that you mention it. You're, yeah. <laughs> well, it does seem that the universe provides. I mean, the universe says, hey, look, you're ready now. Let me send you some people who, who you can work with because you, know, you recognize what's going on. Right. And you'll know how to support them. Yes. Yes, exactly. We're not going to send you somebody who's totally out of your sphere. Right. That would be unusual. Uh, but you also might have people in your in your whole family, or when I say family, I'm thinking community, who you could refer people to. I mean, if someone comes 
and you had an issue that you know what it is, but you say that's really not mine to, to deal with, you can you have people you can send them to? Yes, and that's where that that's the other place that that intuitive arts and healing arts advocate comes in. I realize that there are many different modalities out there and what I do is not necessarily for everyone. So I love to be able to refer people to, to other folks. And I'm also um, involved in a, a networking group called Master Networks. So I know um, many people who have many different modalities who I'm very happy to introduce folks to. Right. Now, today, because we're in COVID, I imagine that most of your work, if not all, is done uh, over Zoom or phone. Yes. Yes, definitely. Um, the, the distant Reiki healing is part of every Reiki practitioner's toolkit. Um, but I, And I didn't feel very connected to it when I first started because I couldn't imagine how um, someone was going to trust that I was sending the energy at the time and that I said I was sending it. Um, and I didn't know that I could trust them to be in a relaxed state and not sitting at their computer working as I'm sending the energy. You know, I wanted them to be relaxed and, and uh, um, comfortable and um, in a receptive state. And so I, it wasn't until the shutdown that I really started to use that distant healing and um, I found that it worked beautifully. And I love working with people. Um, when we first get together to talk about scheduling, we do a Zoom conversation so that we can get to know one another a little bit. And then when we do the actual sessions, I do them over the phone because I don't want somebody sitting in front of their computer. I want them to be you know, in their most comfortable spot if they're laying on their bed or sitting on their meditation pillow or whatever they want to be. Um, and uh, so we talk on the phone. And it's, the connection for me is just as strong from a distance as it is in person. It's a powerful, and, well, in a sense, also you're connected by phone in some way that to me true. just about says the connection. But yeah. I also know people who do that without phones or without talking sometimes to yes. Yes. And then afterwards checking in yes. what, what they were feeling at the time. Yes, I do that as well. Um, my friend's mom was going through um, cancer treatment and um, I, we, we didn't talk to on the phone. She wanted to be in bed first thing in the morning when I was sending the treatment. So we didn't even have a conversation about it. And if she had comments or questions for me afterwards, she would either email me or, or give me a call. But um, she trusted that every day I was sending the energy and she felt it when I was sending it. And it was, it was wonderful. Did she, was she able to talk about how she felt, what she felt? Well, yes, she's she's a shaman in her own right, and she's um, a Reiki master as well. So I was sending support. So she had no problem with, you know, she's very accustomed to uh, working with energy. So she she had no problem giving feedback. Yeah. Okay. Well, now, if you're new to this and you're doing it either, you know, on the phone or, you know, distant without a phone, what would a person expect to feel or sense when you're working with them? It's really different for everyone. Um, some people feel nothing but um, a sense of relaxation, um, but others take journeys and you know go flying with angels. And you know, I've had I've had people have very different experiences, very varied experiences. Um, but um, it's interesting because even folks who are unfamiliar, I have one friend who loves to play the devil's advocate. She just loves to to try something and then try something different and to see if there's really a difference. 
And um, I always send folks um, healing music to listen to if they want to as they're as they're um, receiving their Reiki. And um, so my friend did all the same things that she did with me um, on her own, just to see if there was a difference between relaxing and receiving the Reiki treatment and just relaxing with the music on and doing whatever she did. And she said, there's absolutely a difference. I can't tell you what it is, but it was not the same experience. So (laughs) that is a perfect example of showing what this energy is that that we can't see and almost can't feel, but we know it's happening. Right. It's fascinating. But I love that example that that really helps you. And I imagine it helps you understand that you're what you're doing actually is working. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Even if somebody didn't go off on a journey, they, they were receiving. I know they were receiving. So. They were still receiving. And uh, how do, during the pandemic, well, I was saying after the pandemic, do you, you have this group of other healers that you know, this networking group or whatever. Do you ever do, ever think of doing uh, group sessions with people, like using the different healers with you in a session and having other, having people come for healings? We do. Um, I have a a group of friends, um, two um, life coaches and a spiritual healer and myself Um, during both during the pandemic. And now we offer um, Zoom workshops. Um, And um, so it's Jane McCarthy, Kathleen Troy, who are the life coaches and Beth Mendoza, who's the spiritual healer. and the four of us get together and on Zoom and we do workshops. So everybody brings something different to the table and it's always new, it's always interesting. It, 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 none of the workshops are ever the same. Um, and we call ourselves the Powerful Collective. And- um, I love that, I love that name, it's wonderful. Yeah, we have a do you wonderful have an time. example maybe of what has happened or what it might look like? But- sure, so um, it all started um, during the pandemic, um, the three of them had gotten together and decided they wanted to do um, they wanted to do Zoom sessions on Friday nights just to support people who are in isolation or you know just you know feeling like they needed the the community, the sense of community while all that was going on. And um, so uh, I was joining them as a participant, and uh, they asked me to write a spell, and uh, for the coming full moon. So I did write a spell for that particular thing. And that's really kind of how it came together. We decided that we, we all clicked so well and we, and we brought different things to the table. So for example, um, one session, Kathleen will be doing a journaling prompt uh, at the beginning. And then Beth will lead us through a guided meditation and breath work. And maybe I'll do something like Qigong or something like that to help move energy. Um, and then um, we would wrap with, uh, Jane always brings some sort of fun exercise at the end um, that's thought provoking and gives almost a little bit of homework. So, it, it, and um, intention work for, for the, the, the next coming month. So we tend to do them monthly um, and you get something different every time. We have a new topic every time. And it depends on what's going on astrologically. It could depend on you know what season we're in. Um, but it's like wonderful that. because as you started, the reason you started was to help people who are isolated. And that's one thing this pandemic has really done. Uh, it may have given us time to think, <laughs> as some people say, but it also isolated us all. And yes. uh, you, you want contacts, outside contacts somehow. 
and we can't go out, you know, just to a, an event. We have to have it in our home, which fortunately right. Zoom allows us to do. Yes, that, yes. It's sort of like a little mini retreat. And, and to the people who come right now to this retreat, um, which I like to call it that, are they from nearby or are they from all over? Uh, we get different folks every time. We do have a same, same core group who, who tend to come, but we do get different folks from, from around the country. Um, we've got somebody who joins from Colorado when she can. We've got someone in Florida who, who comes. Um, so it's, the Zoom has been a blessing in that way that we've been able to reach people. Um, all around the country. Yes, that is that is one one interesting positive to Zoom that it expands the connections around the world, either for work like you're doing or for our own families. To be able yes. to, you know, Zoom calls with family members who, in the past, maybe we saw once a year, or now we can see many times a year, but through Zoom, which is fascinating. Yeah, I've got a friend who does um, game night with her family every Friday night. <laughs> right. Yes. Yes. The games. That's always been fun. Yes. Um, well, it's there. Every cloud has a silver lining, I suppose, is what we're dealing with. Yes. But, but these uh, workshops that you do, or, or the uh, this this once a month thing, that can be done after pandemic too. I mean, it sounds oh, like a, a very valuable thing, no matter what. And you mentioned that in this first one that you, I don't know if it's the first one, but this one you did a spell, and that was important. It was for the new moon. And I wonder if you could share for our audience that spell. Oh, sure. Um, it's actually called Rise. And you'll forgive me if I get a little emotional because I have a tendency to do that when I, when I speak them. And it goes like this. I let go of doubt and fear and the sadness that it brings, sending love and light and gratitude for all the many things that lift us up as one, like laughter, music, loving kindness, with open hearts and open minds, I trust humanity to find this spirit of community for the good of all, for help in this endeavor, upon full moon I call. Smile down upon us gently here on Mother Earth. Support us in this trying time of destruction and rebirth. Remind us to have faith and to reflect upon our choices. And like the Phoenix, we will rise with peaceful hearts and joyful voices. Wow, that is beautiful. That's lovely. And did you... Do that spontaneously that night, or was that something you had written before? Um, it, it, she actually asked me um, the the week before. So after that that week session, she asked if I would if I would see if something came, and I didn't promise anything because um, they tend to be quite intuitive, and they come when they come, and they don't come when they don't come. <laughs> so right. it's definitely channeled material, and. Um, so I had a week, a week to sit and think about it. And honestly, I wrote it probably three hours before the, 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 the session that night. That's lovely. And do you have these printed that people could have? Because I, I loved it and I don't remember half of it right now. Um, I, that particular one is actually published in, um, in a, a book called Transformation 2020, which is a, um, a, a collection of reflections from many different authors, and um, and it was published and uh, to provide inspiration, I guess, for what we were going through at the time. So yes, that particular one is published, but you can actually see it also on my website. It's yes. on this, this bell page of my website. Right, because that's one of the things that I've noticed about the pandemic. Also, is these contacts are wonderful, and then they're done, 
and you sort of feel like, oh, I, I want to have it every minute if I like the contact, you know. Right. Uh, but having a, something to look back and read and remind you is a very useful. That could be a, a healing tool for anybody that you're working with, too. Sure. To send them that, uh, to have, to remind them of what you just did. So what is what is your vision now? We're coming to the close here, and I don't want to forget this question, which is, what is your vision for the future? What do you? What would you? You've been you've seen it before the pandemic, and now during the pandemic, what is your vision for the future? That's a tough one. I'm not sure. Um, I'm I'm going forward, and I'm not. I'm trying to sort of not have too many expectations. Um, as far as deciding what the world is going to look like, because we see it, it's kind of unsure as to um, where we're going, as to whether or not people are going to go back to doing things in person, or if people are going to continue on doing um, distant work. Um, I do know that we we hope the powerful collective hopes to get together and do a retreat. Um, we were thinking about doing it in October. And we decided to postpone until the spring. So we're hoping that um, we're going to have an in-person retreat at some point. Um, but we are going to continue doing our um, work on Zoom so that the folks who can't get to us um, can, can join us. Um, and as far as the, the, the Reiki, I'm open to working with um, folks in, in the distant work. Um, until things open up and then I'll think I don't even have a location to do um, to do in-person work so when that's required I will certainly start to look into that but uh, for, the, for the meantime I'm just gonna go with the flow as they say right and also the universe will probably supply a space when, yes. it's, time, when it's time to have that space yes sure well, this, well. Lisa this has been delightful and before we end I wanted to ask you for the people who are listening, if somebody is hearing you now and would like to learn more about intuitive healing or, or whatever they'd like to learn about from you, how is the best way for them to get in touch with you? Would you like to, them to have a, a website or an email? Yes, people can email me at um, thebashfulbuddha at gmail.com. Um, they're welcome to go to my website, which is um, just the bashful, um, just bashfulbuddha.com. Um, right. So they can look into all the different things that I that I do. They can see, look into information about the spells, and um, and they're welcome to contact me from the site as well. So there's a contact page there. They can email me directly. Um, whatever's easier is fine with me. That's simple. And Bashful Buddha is in both, so it's easy to remember, too. Yes, yes. All righty. Well, I thank you very much. I think this is beautiful work that you're doing. And you started it after practicing for a long time, so I know you're very good at it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here on The Heart of Healing. And thank you for having me. This has been fun. Thank you so much. Thank you. Take care now. <laughs>